Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He expecting that Ukraine and people will uh, meet the Russian soldiers with the flowers. But we met them with the Molotov cocktail, which we called uh, Bandera Smoothie. And with that situation, we have a strong movement among Russian soldiers, which are simply afraid to to enter uh, and to fight in Ukraine. That's the former president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, saying they thought we'd bring them flowers, we're bringing them Molotov cocktails. That's fantastic. I'm looking at The Hill with the headline, Worries Grow Over Putin's Stability and Mindset. One of the problems with this theme is that Putin gains from people thinking he's crazy. True. That helps him. Well, in every discussion, every article is exactly the same. This person says he seems different, but it never goes anywhere, really. You know? No, but that... Uh, you know, it's certainly caught on as a conversation, and that helps Putin because the whole would he actually use nuclear weapons? Well, if the world thinks I'm crazy, Trump had that advantage that people thought he might be crazy enough to do anything. It gives you an advantage. Absolutely, no it does. It. Yeah. Um, a couple of things, and you never know what's true and what's not. This story came out yesterday. Two elite Chechen death squads that had been sent to kill President Zelensky have been neutralized thanks to intel from Russian security forces sympathetic with Ukraine. Now, this is according to a senior Ukraine official. But they say that Russian security forces, some of which are sympathetic to Ukraine, and this this seems to be true. There, there have been a lot of you know uh, reports or videos of Russian soldiers who seem to actually not know why they were being sent into Ukraine, or actually be surprised that they were supposed to kill Ukrainians. So it's possible that Russian security forces outed some Chechen death squads. I don't know. Well, my understanding is it was a source within the FSB. The, right. the spy bureau said, hey, hey, be on the lookout for these Chechen squads. Here's where they're entering the country. And they found them, and they quote-unquote neutralized them. And I don't think that means they asked them to leave. Right. Right. Absolutely. So uh, bombing continues. The convoy is still on its way very slowly to Kiev to try to choke it off and force a surrender. And all the bad stuff is still happening. More on that later. Indeed. In this headline, NATO countries pour weapons into Ukraine, risking conflict with Russia. We'll talk about that risk and uh, and some of the weaponry that is pouring into the land and whether it's going to be there in time uh but on the domestic front you know what we ought to do hang on a second uh, the, the, the leader of the free world addressed us uh, last night michael whatever how about, res- how about a little respect for the, the the president of the united states let's talk about what's happening in our country give us clip number 28 unlike the two trillion dollar tax cut passed in the previous administration that benefited the top one percent of americans the american rescue plan the American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind. Even the New York Times said that was wildly false. Oh, that really? Whole, the, uh, uh, well, at the time that the, the Trump oh, tax reform oh, just yeah, benefited. Okay. Yeah. Well, as to last night, I was going to say, where's the real-time fact checks? Remember when President 
Trump would give a speech. They would, we're going to do something unprecedented here at CNN. Real-time fact-checks during the speech. How about a real-time fact-check on that? That's been debunked by the Post and the New York Times and all kinds of different lefty organizations. Yeah, yeah it's just horse-ass, but... Anyway, uh, the president did uh, take pains to point out that he and, and really the whole Democratic Party was not down with defunding the police. Not at all. In fact, they want to refund the police, fund the hell out of the police. Police are going to have so many funds, they're going to get hit. The, they're going to hit the criminals over the head with stacks of money uh, trying to neutralize that, uh, you know, that issue for the, the midterm elections. Um, but uh, carjackings are skyrocketing nationwide. And it's funny because I'd heard more and more stories about this person was hurt, this person was killed and in a carjacking, and it seemed to be more frequent. Uh, when, that, things, car, when you say carjacking, is that they're stealing the car? You are forced out of your car. So that they can take the car. It, it, indeed, yes. So it's car theft while you were in it. And and sometimes you're, they take your stuff too, or okay. people get robbed or hurt or shot or whatever. And then, the, um, but the but the but the the money making part of it is they're going to sell your car or uh, chop yeah. it up, sell sell it, chop it, or just use it for a while, take mm. off the plates, and now you get a car. Because as we heard, remember, it was uh, the Seattle area, King County, isn't even investigating car thefts anymore. It is a crime without a sanction to a large extent. And so, yeah, it's it's a purchase, but you use a gun um, to buy your car instead of, you know, signing all those forms. Um, so anyway, statistically speaking, a couple of things you need to know. Number one, never express a fraction as a multiple to me or we're fighting. I don't care if you're the heavyweight champion of the world uh, and I will throw the first punch. I will I will I will do what it takes to end that evil. Well, I heard Joe Getty's in in jail. What happened? Yeah. It's interesting cuz he had a perfectly clean record. I mean, he'd lived his entire life without ever being on the wrong side of the law, but somebody expressed a fraction as a multiple to him and he, he went ahead and assaulted them physically. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said we have 3 times fewer cases of COVID than we do four, did 4 months ago and Joe just punched him right in the <laughs> face. I mean, it was really a sickening act of violence. So just fair warning. Secondly, you have to remember that if something doubles, that's a 100% increase. A 200% increase is something is tripled. Carjackings have skyrocketed by 200% or more in multiple big cities across the country in the past uh, two years. Law enforcement officials and crime experts are pleading with lawmakers uh, for help addressing the rampant issue. One official warning, one, one official warned, quote, anyone in a car is a potential victim. Um, so here are some of your stats. Uh, National Insurance Crime Bureau President and CEO David Glowey uh, revealed some cities saw carjacking upticks as high as more than 280%. Uh, carjacking soared, they almost quadrupled in New York City from 2019 to 2021, uh, up 286%. Philadelphia saw a 238% rise. Chicago followed with 207% rise. Then D.C., 200% increase. Just to prove that it's not some sort of regional issue, even though we've covered a third of the country. Nolens, 159% increase in carjackings you know this is uh, i guess i bring everything back to ukraine this is like on the personal level of what we're seeing on the world level and why we can't let uh putin win in that if the bad guys get the word 
that you can take stuff, apparently they take stuff. Because that's what we're seeing with carjackings. For a long, long time, it, the penalty was too great uh, to, for people to want to do it. And recently, we've made it clear in a lot of parts of the country that there's really not a penalty for this. And guess what has happened? Well, and it's also uh, the opposite of the the inverse of the Rudy Giuliani uh, quality of life crimes policy, that if you allow people to break windows, they will do the next thing. And if you allow the next thing, they will do the next thing. Predators, lawbreakers, young sociopaths will always test and always push. And you have to set limits early or the limits that are exceeded are, are, are truly tragic. And and that's what we're seeing now. For and even more troubling, perhaps uh, officials in a couple of police departments, including the Chicago Police Department, say these are overwhelmingly young carjackers, most between the ages of fifteen and twenty, sometimes even younger, because they have gotten the word there is no sanction. If you're a seventeen, eighteen year old, you're carjacking uh, for your gang. Or, or, or a cartel or mob or whatever, depending on the sort of person involved, uh, you will get nothing but a slap on the wrist. Kim Fox, for instance, as long as we're in Chicago, will not prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. You will go back to work for your gang or your cartel or whatever tomorrow afternoon with very little having happened to you. You're in the part of the world, you're in a subculture where having a criminal record, nobody gives a damn. And so we've removed the sanctions and that that Overton window, if you will, of what I might do today to make money has grown vastly, tripling and quadrupling of carjacking rates. Nice work. What are you making a car payment for? You got plans this Friday night? Pick out what, decide what kind of car you want to drive out to the restaurant and uh, just go take it. Apparently it's okay. Stick a gun in somebody's face. Leave it unloaded because then you really probably won't get prosecuted and, uh, and get yourself a car. That's right. But Joe Biden assured us he is not against or he's not in favor of defunding the police last night. So, you know, vote accordingly. What do they suggest if you get carjacked? Just put your hands up and get out of the car? Yeah, pretty much. I ain't dying for my car. Oh, no. No. I got a nice car, too. But no, I'm not going to die for it. Uh, but they say, be alert, you know, especially on city streets. You know, somebody approaches your car. I don't know. Drive through the intersection or back up or just get out. I don't know. <laughs> just it's, get it's, out. Br- it's brutish. It's like working. I remember, uh, you know, as a young adult reading about, you know, some of the lawless regions of Columbia and. And, uh, you know, you name it, uh, the asshole countries around the world. Now our cities are becoming like that. Why? Policy. Of course, policy. So I didn't watch the speech last night. I had no interest in it. And um, the president speaks every day. So I don't get why we single out that one. And I don't think we will for many more years. But uh, the economic portion of his speech, which I've read, is getting some pushback from some leading lefties. Hmm. on dealing with what could be the number one issue in the country, inflation. Talk about that coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All this increasing the productive capacity of our economy, of our economy. I call it building a better America. (laughs) (laughs) 
Damn it, he sounds old. It's not build back better anymore. It's building a better America. That's way better. Let's do it. He sounds so old. I mean, just because he is old. That's why. Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) You know... Come on, give me 36. What, what do I have to tip you, Michael? Come on. While we're at it, I know we have great disagreements on this floor with this. Let's let Medicare negotiate the price of prescription drugs. Prescription drugs? Yeah. Yeah, you got to get a prescription now. <laughs> so uh, I was just reading about the speech because I didn't watch it. Um, some of the economic stuff. And Charles C.W. Cook said, I must say that I enjoy Biden's commitment to surrealism. He complained about inflation, then immediately touted a bill that would make it much worse. Then he moved on to let's make things in America before listing a whole series of ideas that make that considerably less likely. Um, Yeah, so that gets to some things that Lawrence Summers tweeted out. Now, Lawrence Summers was the economic advisor for Obama. And he's a, a lefty and uh, was president of Harvard and blah, blah, blah. But this is some stuff he tweeted out last night. I wish the president had placed less emphasis on anti-inflation policies that are at best peripheral. That means it's not going to do any good. And possibly counterproductive. So he mentioned policies that will do nothing or make inflation worse, according to Larry Summers... Democrat economic strategist. Larry Summers also tweeted, Shifting demand to American producers with Buy America policies that stop firms and consumers from buying at the lowest cost, no matter how politically attractive, are inflationary. This is something all economists should agree on, right, at Paul Krugman? So he's asking other Democratic uh, economists to agree with him, because it's clearly true. Um, Blaming inflation on corporate greed... Or holding out the prospect that capacity can be expanded rapidly at best is diversionary. The best micro-policies involve reducing tariffs, the Jones Act repeal allowing foreign entry into shipping, reducing regulation of fossil fuels and focusing government procurement on buying fast and cheap. But his overall takeaway is that what the president was talking about either won't do anything or will make inflation worse. Right. Which is something. Yeah. There was just so much nonsense, and that's to hear somebody spout nonsense or, or, you know, it's even worse than nonsense, I suppose. It's just contradictory information. Uh, And then having one half of the peanut gallery leap up to their feet in joy and exultation, giving them a round of applause while the other side glowers. I don't know, maybe I'm just getting too old and bitter, but like you said, just you ought to repeat what you said earlier about you tuned in and then you had to tune out. I don't remember what I said. Well, you're oh, talking about the people in the you know, yeah. Going. So I uh, one of the channels was uh, had the cameras on the chamber there uh, as people were milling around before the State of the Union address began, and you had all these politicians in their blue and gold supporting Ukraine and slapping each other on the back and throwing their head back in laughter. In many cases, Republicans and Democrats that act like they think the other side is a Nazi when you see them on various cable TV shows because they're all in on it. They're all getting wealthier. None of them believe what they claim they believe. And having watched Ukraine news all day long with people fighting for their lives and the president of Ukraine who couldn't be more earnest in his, you know, laying his life on the line, watching all these freaking phonies with their blue and gold on trying to get a little of that cred to help themselves out just made me sick. I had to turn it off. 
Whatever. Well, re- remember, one of their, the main cards they play trying to get your attention and get your contributions, especially on the left, is to tell you what danger you're in, how dangerous the Republicans are. They're trying to steal your vote. They're Nazis. They're like the Klan. They're like Jim Crow. And meanwhile, we're watching actual danger unfold in a modern country. Uh, and, and so that, that pitch makes, it, it, it makes it even more sad and, and, and bitterly pathetic, if you ask me. But, uh, oh, speaking of the, the Ukraine thing again, um, cyber attacks, probably Putin's number one tool in punishing, I'm using quotes here, punishing the West for our daring to support, uh, the poor Ukrainian people. Um, and, and it could come to the oft predicted places. Uh, oil pipelines, electric grids, that sort of thing could come to major corporations, could come uh, to hospitals, could come to all sorts of unexpected places. But interestingly enough, and we can get into this a little bit more next half hour, uh, Ukraine's actually doing a very good job fending it off and and winning, well, not winning, but fending off some of the cyber attacks and controlling the the narrative online and in the media in a way that Vladimir Putin never anticipated. He thought he and his hackers and his goons and his fake video makers and his false flag operators would be able to absolutely sell his bull ass to the uh, Russian people, especially. It's not happening. I wonder how much we're helping with that. That might be one of the things behind the scenes that we won't know about for a long time. Well, I, I hope every 400-pounder uh, that uh, Trump referred to sitting on his bed is, is hacking away and doing his worst. Go get him, guys. Go get him. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, let's be honest about what we're seeing. We're, we're seeing the onset of a more systemic targeting of civilian populations. This is who Vladimir Putin is. Uh, this is a guy who poisoned political opponents as far back as 2004, who invaded Georgia without consequence in 2008, who stole Crimea in 2014, downed civilian airliners without consequences again, meddled in our elections, poisoned Navalny in 2020. This guy doesn't have a moral limit on what he will do. I'd say even uh, asking the question about Putin's morals is a little, you know, overdue. I mean, that's Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, who, uh, as I always say, might be the smartest guy in all of government. I also happen to agree with his point of view on things, which makes it better for my perspective. Um, uh, Before we roll on with more Ben Sass, he was on with Jake Tapper on CNN. And if you're following the Ukraine thing and into it, I think Jake Tapper might have the best hour of coverage on that every single day. Uh, he's super into the story. Uh, to what uh, Ben Sass was just talking about, videos verified by the New York Times just out showed devastating scenes in the town of Borodyanka, uh, northwest of Kiev, of Kiev. Two apartment buildings have been partially collapsed, and they surround a kindergarten. Schools in Ukraine have been closed since February 21st all across the country, but... They might have been trying to hit the kindergarten and accidentally hit the buildings. Who knows? That's the sort of thing that uh, Putin has done in the past a bunch of times. Let's hear more Ben Sass. Just roll on with it, Michael. 
And so when you show those images of the 40-mile convoy, the question Nebraskans ask me is, hey, isn't this guy on his way to kill a bunch more women and children? Isn't this guy on his way to kill a bunch more civilians? How can we just let that happen? Well, we do know that we've made the determination that we're not going to have boots on the ground in Ukraine, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing everything possible for those freedom fighters there to be able to destroy that convoy. Those Russian invaders are murderers, and they're on their way to kill civilians, and the Ukrainians want to stop them, we should make sure that they're armed to the teeth and that they have all the lethal, actionable, real-time intelligence they can possibly get. And right now, they don't have all that. You know, for the moral equivalency crowd out there uh, that included, you know, Trump when he talked to Bill O'Reilly during halftime of the Super Bowl, well, we've done not so many, so not so great things. There's a difference between you're sending a column of military death on purpose to kill civilians versus accidentally killing civilians. Do you not see the difference between those two things? It's an enormous difference. Anybody who can't see it, well, I, I, I pity them. More Ben Sass. What do you think the U.S. should be doing or providing for Ukraine, given the fact that the decision has been made and there doesn't really seem to be much objection to it among uh, any uh, political leaders in the country, Democrat or Republican, that there will not be any American fo- uh, uh, boots on the ground? Yeah, so first of all, all the RPGs that they can use, all the stingers that they can use, all the ammo that they can use, every grandma that wants an AK-47, all the supplies that they're coming up with at the civilian level for Molotov cocktails. But we know that the Ukrainians want more lethal, actionable, real-time intelligence. And right now, they're not getting that. Yeah, we've got to get into this because this this really pissed me off. If you're if you're wondering, are we doing everything we can as uh, as some people are telling you or not? Clip fifty eight of Ben Sass here, Michael. The process is overly lawyered right now by the administration. There's caution that needs to be taken, to be sure. You started with sources and methods. I sit on the Intel Committee. We have heroes in the IC, and they've done unbelievable work the last three or four weeks. The fact that that we intentionally leaked, the U.S. government intentionally leaked, um, all the pretextual bull... I'm sorry, all the nonsense lies that, that Putin was systemically laying out so he could claim that somehow Ukraine was the threat to him, which was always nonsense. His, his pretextual uh, lies have all been debunked by the intelligence community. That's really important work. And yet, more should and can be done. And right now, the administration is too slow and they're too passive. It isn't good enough to tell somebody where a tank was 10 hours ago when the tank's now at the doorstep trying to do the kind of bombing we've seen in Kharkiv. A lot of aid is getting bogged down and overly lawyered up bureaucratic crap, according to Senator Ben Sass, and he's on the right committees to know that. That is very, very disappointing. Does he does he bring the point home at all in clip 59? I don't know. Because he kind of touched on it. We got time for one more. Why not? Every journalist in America ought to be asking the president of the United States this. Have you directed your administration to provide lethal, real-time targeting intelligence to the Ukrainian military? And if not, why not? The administration should have to answer that question. They respond with lawyerly crap about, well, this agency isn't slowing things down, and we have a great process here, and there is an authorization to do X and Y, or, you know, we're sharing intelligence. That's fine. I want to know, are you sharing lethal targeting intelligence in real time so the Ukrainians can kill Russian invaders? 
this agency is doing that, but that agency is not allowed to do this until this agency signs off on that. Sounds like exactly the same reason why two years into the pandemic, you still can't find tests anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really interesting conversation going on, mostly on the right right now, about uh, for the longest time, various foreign policy gurus, and I saw the list of them and their quotes, and it's it's damned interesting. I've been saying, look, you can't pressure Putin this much by expanding NATO. You're playing a dangerous game. You're going to push him into a corner. He's going to react, and you're going to hate it. People have been saying that for a very long time. So that is not a completely, you know, just from a purely practical point of view, that's not an argument with, with no heft to it. And those same people are now saying... And and uh, this article I'm looking at in particular, well, it's a long editorial piece in the American Conservative by Rod Dreyer. Um, he he uh, goes at length to point out that Putin is evil and he's brutal and his regime is awful and the rest of it. But then he goes into the number of times we've gotten whipped up onto a war footing and decide to go ahead half cocked and ill conceived and whether you know Iraq or Libya or, or what have you. Um, and he says. Uh, none of uh, none of what he said was to excuse Putin's choice to make war on Ukraine. The ultimate fault is his. But that does not excuse our leaders for making policy choices that helped us get here. And now these same lawyers are waging total economic and financial war on Russia and arming the Ukrainians. They're making it awful damn tempting for Russia, as its economy collapses virtually overnight, to lash out militarily against a NATO country. In which case, welcome to World War III. This is not a joke. This is not a what if. This is happening in real time. Then he mentions, for instance, Richard Engel in uh, on his reports for NBC, um, saying perhaps the biggest risk calculation moral dilemma of the war so far, a massive Russian convoy is X miles from Kiev. It's changed. The U.S. or NATO could likely destroy it, but that would be direct involvement against Russia and risk everything. Does the West watch in silence as it rolls? Seeming to imply that we shouldn't. Um, and they say this is not journalism. This is pro-war advocacy. I'm not sure I agree. Um, but no, we, I don't agree because that's the question every single human being has when they see that. Right. You can assume that Richard Engel wants it answered a particular way, but I think that's an honest enough question. Yeah, everybody's asking that question. They watch it. Here's the other side of the, that debate. And, um, like, super smart people are involved in this debate, and I don't know what the right answer is, but uh, and this is the argument Brett Stevens was making in the New York Times today, that Putin has been uh, after Ukraine for a very long time. So recent conversations or moves are not what drove him this direction. He's been after Ukraine for a long time, partially because he's always believed it's it, it, Ukraine belongs to Russia and is part of Russia, and a d- democracy that leaned westward was forming on his border. And the most likely way he ends up losing power is if right next door you've got a, a, a thriving democracy and the population of his country starts to think, hey, why can't we have that? And he starts to lose support in his own country. That's what's driving him. This whole NATO thing is an argument he can make, but what's really driving him is he doesn't want a functioning democracy on his border that he considers part of Russia. Right. So a couple of counter arguments, or at least, you know, arguments worth having in the context of what I was saying are A, is his desire to not have successful democracies anywhere near him uh, a need worth indulging on any level, except, you know, you don't want to provoke World War Three with a nuclear power, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
and and secondly, how how far do, how far do we go? I'm sorry, I had a second point. I can't remember it, but how far do we go in indulging that? And and what do we do to quash the Western leanings of his neighbors? I mean, do we, even inaction is act is action. And so I just I don't I don't know how to deal with that over the long term exactly. Just don't do anything to anger Putin. I just. I don't think that's a strategy because there are always uh, and and a lot of the people who are very afraid of overreaction and and the interventionist crowd, the neocons or whatever you want to call them. They're afraid of those people seizing the reins of the nation again. And I don't blame them a bit. But what they often fail to uh, acknowledge is that there are risks, serious risks to inaction as well. Well, there's no such thing. Uh, that's what the uh, the ambassador from Ukraine said on uh, the quote she had on, I think, Face the Nation over the weekend. There's no such thing. You're on one side or the other. Inaction is being on the side of Putin. You, you, you don't get to be in neutral on this. Say, ah, we better stay out of it. If you're staying out of it, you're on the side of Putin. You're helping him out by staying out of it. But you won't provoke World War Three. True that. Would be their answer. But it's a t- tough situation that, you know, whether on an individual level or a country level, people have dealt with all the time. If you, that guy's doing all kinds of terrible things in the neighborhood. But, it, you know, if you say anything to him, he's going to punch you in the face. So I guess we'll just let him keep doing terrible things. Um, is that always the best strategy? Well, punch you in the face or kill your children. You know, and, right. and, you know, it, it goes back to an argument you've made many times. There are horrors going on around the globe right now. You can name a dozen of them. Oh, uh, perpetrated yeah. Perpetrated by the strong against the weak. Yeah, we could get into that conversation of is it racism that's uh, causing people to uh, leap to the defense of Ukraine? Um, uh, and, and, and I think that's an interesting discussion because we are caring about this in a way we didn't care about Syria. I mean, man, those people got slaughtered left and right all day long by Russia and nobody cared. I don't think it's racism, but it's interesting that we pick and choose which of these to care about. And another uh, subject of, well, a similar subject is that Europe is throwing up, it's throwing open its borders to refugees. From Ukraine in a way that they didn't from, uh, you know, various African or Arab countries or, or what have you, Middle Eastern countries. Um, although, you know, the, the, these arguments are not difficult. I don't think I can, I can take care of them without breaking a sweat. There you go. Uh, but there's a lot of noise being made on MSNBC because that's what they do. Joe's going to take that on, not even break a sweat. Exactly. There could be like a controversial horse race in Ireland between two red-haired guys, and they'd find a way to call it racism, um, because that's what they do. But it's, you know, there's an answer. Quick breaking news of a completely not not, not breaking news worthy dunk at all, Michael. Entertainment news. Well, he sits in his stall all day. He's bored. You can take him out now and again. Brandon, the breaking news dump. In, in light of our Ukraine conversation, this just does not seem like... I mean, the fact that I'm bringing right. up it all seems silly. All right. Musician Randy Newman has canceled his tour because he has a broken neck. Jeez. No kidding, jeez. Wow. He didn't know he had a broken neck. He was walking around all hunched over. He's a really big guy, if you've ever seen him on TV or interviewed or anything like that. And you got a friend in years to, yeah. Um... He had a broken neck. His neck hurt, and he was all hunched over for a long time. He went to the doctor, and they said, your your neck is broken. That is what on my neck. Wow, Mr. President. So if your neck hurts and you're hunched over, maybe you got a broken neck. You might want to see your doctor. That's my Oh, you know, as long as we're uh, touching on things that aren't world-changing, no baseball 
at least uh, for a while. They've canceled the first couple of series. The the uh, the players are pissed off at the owners. The owners are saying, we're billionaires. We don't care, jock boy. We can endure this longer than you can, glove and ball boy, Mr. <laughs> Bat Swinger. Huh? 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 We're billionaires, bitches. That's what they're saying. So we're, we are going to lose at least a few games of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, yes, and, and quite possibly more. They are at loggerheads. I'm not sure there's enough love for baseball at this point. Like the when was the last time the really big strike happened? Long time ago. 90s. I was shocked how long ago it was. Yeah, 24 years or something like that. That's when people still cared more about baseball. What if they uh, go on strike and cancel the season, and most of the country just says, "Eh, I didn't even notice." That's going to hurt. Oof. Uh, more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. New Orleans held its first full-scale Mardi Gras celebration today since 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic hit, but required masks in indoor public spaces. Still, men were throwing beads and yelling, show us your chin. That's pretty funny. That is funny. <laughs> Shows your chin. <laughs> I had a, an experience the other day with a woman, and this is not a um, uh, sexual thing or anything like that, but I, I saw this woman without a mask since the mask mandate went down, and I realized I've known her for damn near two years, and it's the first time I've ever seen her face, and it was, like, shocking. I like I, I know you fairly well after two years of talking to you fairly regularly. Had no idea what to look like, and it's so hard for your mind... To, like, put together, you already know this person. You know them fairly well. You've talked to them for a long time. They are not right. new. But the part of your brain that says this is a new person and you need to figure out are they a friend or foe, because that's a part of your brain, is still doing its thing. It's so weird. Imagine what it's going to be like for kids. I've never seen my mm. teacher. I have no idea what my teacher looks like. Or my best friend. My best friend at school. I have no idea what they look like. Or the school bully or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you got to co- completely update the files and reboot. It was so weird. I couldn't believe how much that was playing with my brain that I'd never seen this person before. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Wow. Take off the masks, everybody, especially the kids. I'd love to talk more about how San Francisco is abusing the children. Even after the state mandate is done uh, in California, inexplicable. Well, it's not inexplicable. It's phony politics bull ass. On the 12th of March, uh, the kids can take off the masks. Why not today? There's no reason except politics. Uh, But San Francisco has announced we're going to keep our kids in masks. How you still have a kid in San Francisco public schools, I guess you have no options. But anyway, uh, I wanted to just quickly deal with a couple of things we were talking about, and you could teach a college class on this stuff, really, but it's pretty simple. Number one, all right, why are we so worried about Ukraine? We weren't as worried about Libya. We are not worried about the horrors going on in Africa, and there are three or four full-on awful civil wars. You've got uh, the Yemen thing, which was called the greatest humanitarian crisis in X number of years, blah, blah, blah. A couple of reasons. Number one, um, and, and this is just practical stuff. 
you had a part of the world that was highly stable, highly functional, uh, commerce, energy, all sorts of things that feed and clothe the billions around the world were flowing through there quite nicely. And now that has been upended to a significant extent by Putin's invasion, which could lead to a complete upending of all of it, dot, 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 World War Three. I certainly hope we're not going to get there, but even halfway there is going to lead to even more inflation, fuel shortages, uh, supply chain problems, that sort of thing. In, in terms of the billions of people on Earth, Europe is way more pivotal than various spots in Africa and the Middle East. Sorry if you don't like it. It's just true. The number one economy in Europe, Germany, was not going to get all their natural gas from Syria. Right, right. For instance... Uh, and the second thing is, they were banging the drum on MSNBC yesterday that uh, it's proof of racism and white supremacy that Europe is opening its borders to Ukrainians in a way that they didn't for Syrians and Libyans and 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 Yemenis and and people from uh, you know the the, the Congo and, and Zaire and wherever else. And this is something the left will never acknowledge. But if if Judy and I take in an exchange student from the next town that's effortless if we take in one from a tough neighborhood on the west side of chicago that's going to be a pretty big adjustment there are going to be some really uncomfortable things that we have to work out then you go to a foreign country then you go to a foreign country with a completely different set of morals religion uh, a system of government uh, relationship between parents and children between uh, people in law enforcement that's going to be an enormous adjustment for all the people involved that's not othering somebody that's not racist that's not being a white supremacist that's the recognition of something so obvious most humans never even need to mention it so yes europe can absorb ukrainians much more easily than it can absorb yemenis maybe you don't like it but it's true deal with it if you miss an hour of the program and i don't know why you would you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com Armstrong and Getty.